sometimes I wish we were back there. You know what I mean? We talk about that struggle of the information is just con- we're constantly bombarded with something and info and. It's Social it's media. always fun to uh, reminisce about like the old days, right? For sure. It's like, yeah, but we used to do it this way. Oh man. But I think every culture is like that. Every culture loves their era. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, well, it was different back then, or you don't even know how good you have it, or you know what I mean. But I just love the simplicity of it. It was just so much more simple, man. It was simple. It ain't like that anymore. No, nah, bro. Times has changed. All right, doggy. How we introduce this? Uh, let's get rocking and rolling. So we got a new, somewhat of a new theme today. We did a little Q and A earlier, where we put out some posts on Instagram, and then asked some of uh, some of our members there in group class. Hey, we're gonna do a little Q and A on the podcast. What you guys got for us, right? We want to deliver some value to them. So you know, we asked them to ask away, and uh, yeah, yeah, you'll roll with some. I'll roll with some. We'll. We'll answer the questions best of our abilities and just rock it just like that. Let's rock it, dude. So uh, you, uh, you can uh, let me try to read my own scratch scratch. The first one is, is Romwad a good tool post wad? OK, so just to put a little context, so Romwad is basically a guided uh, you can call it a yoga instructional sure. um, video where you're holding stretches anywhere from two to five minutes, sometimes even more. Um, and yeah, but you know, it kind of comes down to is stretching good, you know, before, after, during, you know, what's the, what's the answer to that? Well, I would say it doesn't really matter when you're doing it. It matters that you're doing it right. If you, you know, if you're tight, you have some flexibility restrictions, just put in the work to kind of fix those. It can be before, during or after. So is Ramwad beneficial? Yes, right? It is good to uh, stretch. And if you're doing it after your training sessions, power to you, right? Um, at least you're doing it, you're putting the work, trying to make changes. What so, do you got? Something is always better than nothing. And if the question is being had, then you know it's because you are starting to recognize that you need to put more time into stretching. We love Ramwad because it's self-instructed. Even if you try to self-instruct your own Ramwad, it's not going to happen. You need someone to tell you what to do. You need them to hold it for you, and they need to count it for you. And that's Mm -hmm. what Ramwad does. And they do it in really uh, quick bits. You can hit something from 10 to 20 minutes long, uh, short to 45 minutes long. And everything in between you can hit it through specific body parts or you can do a full body uh, piece uh, in that time frame so that is the most important to me because we all know these stretches but we're never gonna hold them that long by ourselves so the instruction holds us accountable and I think w- what the individual is asking good is is it safe to do post-workout my answer would be yes. And then two is, would I have a benefit to doing Ramwad in general? The answer is absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And it doesn't just stop with the uh, the physical benefits. You know, it kind of gets you in a good, relaxed mental state. If you're doing it post-workout, mm-hmm. it'll kind of restate you into that pre-workout feeling, that kind of cool down, um, getting your mind right. Um just some mental clarity, you know, a form of meditation. Yeah, and we're not selling Ramwad ab- above others. Dude, you can go on YouTube right now and Google free yoga, uh, and you can find hundreds of videos that are free that are 
professionally done that you can follow through. So we don't want to use a subscription model as like your limiting factor of why you're not going to do stretching. Like there, uh, it's an excuse overall. Yeah, there's so many, you know, there's so much free content out there on the internet. You just find something, stick to it, and uh, do it. Cool, All cool. Righty. Uh, so I have an injured shoulder. How would I compensate my bad shoulder? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of parts here, right? So one, what we talk about with the coaches, if you're, the shoulder is injured at this moment in time, we have to stay off the shoulder completely. So if the workout calls for, uh, you know, strict presses, then I'm going to have the individual squat mm -hmm. or I'm going to have them pull. But I'm not going to do anything that's going to exasperate the issue. So that's one. Two is we need to come to the root of the problem. Why is your shoulder even injured in the first place? And hopefully I can figure out why that's happening with my knowledge. But sometimes people need a professional diagnosis, not a self-diagnosis, not I tore my shoulder. How do you know that? Well, I just I know what a tear feels like. No, no, I we need 100 percent confirmation because what will happen is through uh, self-diagnosis that's incorrect, we start to follow a protocol that would be correct in its right diagnosis. But because you have identified it incorrectly, we're following a protocol that's only going to cause more problems. Yeah, there's so much gray area on a self-diagnosis, right? Yeah. Um, so how I would answer this is, you know, kind of like uh, what you said, what is the definition of a bad shoulder, right? Did you tear your rotator cuff yesterday or did you injure yourself in high school and over, you know, all these years, it got real, real stiff. You know, it's not still injured. It's just super, super stiff. So maybe try to restore some mobility with that um, as long as we're moving pain free. You know, if you can go overhead and you don't have some sharp, excruciating pain, hey, let's try to restore that motion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, you got to basically you got to communicate, you know, with the client, with the athlete, you know, what feels good, what doesn't what feels maybe tightness op opposed to, uh, you actual know, pain. A, a, actual deep pain. Um, yep. And then, you know, is this something we can work through that the movement and work we're putting on it will develop strength and get better? Or is this something like we got to avoid at the time being? There's a lot of gray area. For sure. And two is one is we have to eliminate pain first. And then two is we have to assess uh current uh range of motion and where ideal range of motion is not not extreme range of motion ideal like mm -hmm. this is bare minimum baseline that we need to have to be able to perform well out there and we have that for overhead we have that for lower body and everything in between so we can use those quick tools like for us if you can't bring your biceps to ear without strain on your spine then we know something is going on like we know where we need you to get because all our finished positions are overhead mm -hmm. locked out mm -hmm. and so that's how we want to look at that we can do you know create your quick assessment tools there's a bunch of these online that you can assess them quickly to figure out like man like you are so far off baseline anything you do right now is going to be more sketchy than good and so we we want to play that game i think too is the athlete still wants to compete they still want to be in group class we want to keep them in group class at all possible any person that says because they injured a shoulder they can't come to group class anymore is just making an excuse we want to keep them in the community there's there's research that even uh 
that dictates that just getting people moving will increase the uh, the levels of recovery faster, even to body parts you're not even using. So we want to keep them active in the community. That's for sure want to do. But at the end of the day, we don't want people, we say this all the time, if I got you the eight pack that you wanted, but you're in excruciating pain in the process we did something wrong yeah you're doing something wrong and then if you're you know to kind of pinpoint what you were talking about if you're keeping them active you're keeping them moving they um are developing a mindset where like hey uh, you know i'm still staying in the flow of things they're going to be that much more likely to kind of get better do what they need to do because you're keeping them kind of in motion where if an injury is sustained and then they go sit on the couch you know they're like shit i'd rather be working out but i'm just sitting around moping around they're not kind of in that mindset mm. you know i try to approach everything physically with mental aspects as well you know so as uh, us as coaches are going to encourage them to stay in group class stay training because there's always something we can do to modify to scale back um that's not going to further injure their shoulder yeah you bring up a really great uh podcast i heard the other day was with uh lebron james and tim ferris uh a really unique uh podcast but basically That's a good one, one. Yeah, it was phenomenal and his uh his lifelong personal trainer and he basically said that lebron james is always thinking about recovery he is always thinking about how do i keep myself healthy mm -hmm. and i think there's such a great aspect i mean the guy spent 16 years in the nba and he's constantly thinking about recovery we don't want to start thinking about things that we can do to stay healthy and stay pain free until you what, need to until right you need to right oh now my pain hurts now i'm going to start thinking about recovery no it's it's a lifelong process the moment the game is over the moment the workout is over it's about recovery mm -hmm. and i think if we took that approach a little bit better we would uh we'd find ourselves healthier longer um you know the way he plays it's just so physical right the and the way he trains the way he plays he's you know he's what six eight you know don't quote me on that six eight or six ten you know 240 wow right being that big moving that fast um it definitely takes its toll on his body so yeah you got to be um you know focused on recovery which is kind of a good pinpoint on this next question I heard it's important to move even when sore. Is that true? What do you got? I mean, I'm a big proponent of what we call active recovery. It's getting your body moving at really low doses of intensity, if any, uh, to flush the system, you know. Uh, and I think that's really important. It kind of sounds like an oxymoron doing some light squats and some light push-ups or a light jog. You feel like that's exercise. But when we work at the level that we do, we recognize that is not exercise. That mm -hmm. is movement quality. And uh, there's nothing I feel greater than getting – if you got the muscle sore through movement, then you got to get the body recovered through movement. And that's why I love active recovery. Yeah, so when you're moving, right, what is it doing? It's stimulating blood flow to however you're moving, right? If you're doing push-ups, it's stimulating blood flow to your upper body, to your chest. So what aids in recovery, right? Blood flow. Blood flow. You know, if you get hurt – and you, you know, why do you throw ice on it? Because the ice stimulates the blood throw to the blood flow to the areas. So you're stimulating blood flow to aid with recovery, right? And then it's also, you know, flushing out all that built-up lactic acid, um, reducing any stiffness. And we're not saying, hey, uh, come into the gym and train, you know, super intense and expect to recover from it, right? We're saying just move a little bit, and that could be. Uh, as far as you know, a walk down the beach or something mm. like that, right? Any type of movement is it will reduce any um, soreness, stiffness, 
uh, and promote blood flow to the areas that where you're sore at. Yeah, and that's hard because mentally you don't want to move because you're so sore, right? We call those first two weeks into our program like initiation for uh, all that time you spent not working out. And it's uh, uncomfortable sometimes, no matter how little we reduce the intensity, that movement leaves people sore. And it's hard to get them to understand that this thing that caused you to be sore is a thing you need to move a little bit more to flesh out. But once they do that a few times and they experience, you know, f- uh, uh, themselves fresher and fresher every time, uh, they're, they're going to be more inclined to do that next time. So, uh, yeah. And listen, if you don't want to move, do exactly what we said. Pay to get people to move you and move your muscles and stimulate your muscles. Service. Get the professional mm-hmm. services. I mean, massage is lazy man movement. They're, what do you think they're doing? They're palpating muscles. They're pumping the muscles. They're using trigger point. Like, it's it's lazy man movement. They're moving shit around. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you don't want to move, get somebody to do it. But be uh, direct about being doing something to help yourself recovery versus doing nothing. I agree. Cool. Uh, let me see what I got. Uh, what's the best way to reduce body fat from my back? <laughs> oh, I know exactly who asked that too. Okay, so you really can't, in my opinion, spot train to reduce body fat, I'm, I'm right? With you, bro. It's like, okay, so I want to reduce body fat in my lower back. I'm just going to do a, a shitload of back extensions and, you know, GHD work. Uh, no, you can't do that, right? You have to, A, decrease the calories you're consuming, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, focus on the nutrition. And then basically the big picture is you have to decrease your body fat percentage as a, a whole. Total. Right? As a whole, right? Um, you got to think of the big picture. The lower your body fat gets, the less amount of fat you're going to have wherever the hell you want to lose it, right? And yeah, of course, now some areas in your body might be a little bit more stubborn, you know, to kind of see results with. And that's, you know, kind of part of the game. Um, but you know, the, the big picture is you still have to reduce your body fat as a whole. And how do you do that? You train, you eat clean, you consume less, uh, um, calories than you are consuming. We're on the same page. It's not like when I did your body fat, it came at, you know, 30% on your back. No, it was 30% in totality. And so, you know, we know what the number range has to be for you to not look like there's fat on your back, right? It's called being toned. And there are actual numbers for that. I think that if you want to look toned uh, and and ha- reduce the risk of you holding fat on your back like you would on your belly or on your thigh, I think guys need to sit at 10 to 12% naturally. And I think females, to have that feeling where you don't have fat sitting on your back or your belly or your thighs, you need to sit at 20%, if not 18%, -hmm. right? It's not like you're not a genetic anomaly. Like there's not a guy who's at 10% body fat, but who, who holds, you know, 10 pounds of fat on their back. Like I have never seen that. Right. And I've never seen somebody who's 40% body fat with With an eight pack, eight pack abs. Right. Uh, do you ever see the meme of uh, there's a guy, it says, uh, burning fat, you're doing it wrong. And it's this fat guy that is like laying in a plank between two chairs over top of a fire that is burning his <laughs> stomach. Right? He's burning fat. It, oh my God. It's he's lit his stomach on fire. <laughs> and, uh, that, kind of, that, that question kind of just made me think of that. Well, it's, it, to me, it goes as much as like, it's evidence they don't understand 
how to lose like what it means to lose fat Mm -hmm. or what it means to hold body fat and the protocol is simple in theory eat less food do more exercise Mm -hmm. but in practicality it has to go back to lifestyle habits that what we do is a lifestyle to not a diet it's not something we do temporarily. This is something we do because uh, the lifestyle allows us and promotes us to live at a low body fat, to train the way that we do. And that's why we're able to stay lean, you know? And, um, yeah, like when I, you know, lost all that weight, Brett, it was like, I didn't, it wasn't like every day I thought about losing weight. It was, what are the habits that I can keep doing to lose weight? And that was count my calories every single day and make sure I train four days a week. That was it. Mm -hmm. Make sure I stay within my calories every single day and train four days a week. And those two things are simple in theory, but hard, hard to, to practice and live. But over time they got easier and easier and I built extra little habits to help those two things, uh, succeed every week. And that's, that's how I did it. Uh, but I wasn't thinking like, you know, like I'm fat and I'm fat. I have this fat on my back. Like that wasn't what I was thinking. I did the things that I knew would produce the results that I ultimately wanted. Yeah, no, the term lifestyle is the best term for it. You know, it also signifies that it's not going to be quick, right? There's not a magic pill. Um, you know, you have to commit to lifestyle changes and include, you know, training and exercising as part of your lifestyle. You have to include eating quality foods not too much of it as part of, of your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And do some stuff that's sustainable, that's not too drastic, that you can do long-term. Because yeah. at, at the end of the day, it's got to be long-term. That's the only way that will deliver results, right? It, you'll end up right back at this over mm-hmm. again otherwise. Nothing worth having ever comes quickly. But uh, uh, I think, up. I'm up, what do you right? got, buddy? I got, I got one for you. What do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> oh, I for, knew you are going to ask me this. For energy. Um, I don't, I mean, you and I are big proponents of intermittent fasting. You're more direct than I am about it. I just not hungry in the morning, but I don't like, I'm not a proponent of intermittent fasting. I just don't eat and it works for me. Uh, I do recognize that shoot, if I have, you know, planned to work out with my boys at 10 AM and I normally don't eat, I might sneak something in cause I'm afraid that I might feel like crap by 10 AM before I work out. Uh, but, um, it's rare that I work out that early in the morning anyways. So, uh, I still don't eat. I also believe that, um, we are our best experiment. Some people work, train well fasted and some people need, they need to put something in their mouth, even Mm -hmm. if it's just a meant like uh, a bite of, of a banana. Like, although we know that's doing absolutely nothing long-term cause it's, you know, five grams of sugar and you know, 50 calories later, but if that works for them, then that's fine. I always ask is why do you think you need that food early in the morning is the first question I ask. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. It all comes down to the individual. And you also got to think about the big picture. Um, You know, if say you didn't eat since yesterday lunch, right? And you know, whatever, you had a, a long night where you didn't get a chance to eat, you went to bed. I'm not saying do that, but you wake up the next day, you're freaking starving because what you didn't eat for 24 hours, right? So eat now. Um, if you're eating properly the night before you had a decent sized dinner, um, you're eating, you know, foods that keep you fuller, their quality, you wake up, you're not hungry the next morning, then don't eat. Right. Um, you got to think of more of the, the big picture, 
um, you know, within like a two to three day span, how mm. you're eating, what you're eating now, you know, um, and kind of go based on that, right? What you eat before your workout is not going to justify if you have a good workout or not. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, and most of the time, even eating a half an hour, hour before that food hasn't even come through the stomach yet to fully digest. So you might think that it has, uh, that it's doing something, but it's not, it's mm -hmm. still in the gut and it hasn't even processed fully. The other question she asked to that was, well, sometimes I feel nauseous in some of the workouts. And I think that there's twofold. There is one recognize that some workouts at, at a certain intensity r require, uh, you know, a little bit more awareness than others. Like if we come in here and it's three bar, it's a barbell day, it's three barbell lifts. I don't need enough, a lot of food that day. Mm -hmm. I have enough stored in my muscles to be able to manage that. But sometimes maybe longer pieces, you come in for a hero wad like Murph. Bro, you better be ready. You better have thought, like you said, two days out what you're doing. Yeah, you're eating Are clean, you going you're hydrating to be crushed the in the middle of that workout? And and so I want her to, you know, go back to, all right, when you feel nauseous, what kind of workout is it? And what do you normally do the, the morning out, the night out before that? Because that over time can help me figure out what's working or not working for that individual. Yeah, I mean, it could be a couple of reasons. It could be you uh, are feeling nauseous because the day before you consumed uh, not a lot of calories, right? So you, you have lack of food, lack of fuel to the point where you're getting nauseous or the types of food you are eating before your workout could have a, a negative reaction to it. You could be getting lethargic, right? Mm. And, uh, I know exactly who answered this question and I know, have uh, you know, like what they do, <laughs> I know exactly what they do. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, like what are you eating before? If you're eating toast, right, you could be having a lethargic reaction. Right. Which is probably exactly what it is. You know, if you're eating a bagel or whatever the case may be, not really, you know, foods that are going to work as fuel for you that are nutrient dense, you know, fuel. Like it's like putting shitty gas in a Lamborghini, right? Right. It, just the fact that you're fueling up the car doesn't mean it's, right it's going to run good. up to, you know, its performance, right? It's good. Yep. It depends what you're eating. Um, how much you're eating and like, you know, again, think of the, the big picture, you know, a couple days in advance and you got to kind of come up with a schedule. If you don't have a, a schedule or routine or like a way to do things and eat, that's probably what's off right now. Right. Not the fact that um, you got to eat before your workout. Yeah, we're on the same page. And I think a lot of it just comes to awareness. A lot of people don't even put the two together. And we want to start there before we start changing a million things or think that there's actually something seriously wrong with this individual. We just we, we need to troubleshoot, right? We're we want to troubleshoot that and we want to come up with a solution. I want to be an expert at troubleshooting. And, and that's how we manage that. We work backwards. Yeah. And like uh, whenever I had a question like that, I always answer it with a question right at first. What are you doing now? Like, yeah, that's good. You know, or like you said, why do you feel you need to, need eat, to eat it? Yeah. Right. Like, what are you doing? Because obviously it's not working because you have a you know question. You have a problem. So what are you doing now that we can change to kind of get you on the right track? Yeah. Cool. All right, man. We appreciate you guys. That was fun. We definitely got to do that again. Yeah, no, we'll definitely do it. Uh, we'll give a little bit more of a notice in advance yeah, to try idea. to get a decent amount of questions. Uh, questions. Because at the end of the day, uh, we want to hear your questions. We want to help you guys. That's why we started this whole thing. So if you got them, we got answers for you. And uh, let us hear them. Appreciate it, guys. Talk Peace. soon. Peace.